friends. Our guest today is someone I've been hanging out with since high school. And she was even once my roommate. She, along with my other friend Ravi, were the two people that helped me get out of one of the darkest times in my life as I went through some heavy shit in the summer of 2017. And I'm so grateful to have her as a friend. She is an artist, a grant writer, and an amazing human being who plans to one day take over the town of Mosier, Oregon. I have so much love and respect for this girl. Here is my friend, Amanda Ferrante. This is like a special lip mask. Like chapstick? No. Here, try it. It's called a lip mask, and it might make your... It's going to have... It has a tiny bit of color, but it feels so good. It's hydrating. Mm. But then it like... Hibiscus. It soaks into your lips so you don't feel it anymore like after a while you're like did i put something on my lips i have a chapstick addiction you always have i always got this with me because i'll put it on like i don't know eight or ten times a day and then somebody told me that they put little shards of something to cut your lips so that you keep keep... i've heard that too i've heard that a long time ago i don't disbelieve it it could be true. Those little fuckers would do it. Somebody else told me that they put little shavings of like aluminum in uh, deodorant. Have you heard that before too? Oh, it's not shavings of aluminum. It's like an element that's in deodorant that's supposed to be the antiperspirant. And that is supposedly like a contributor to having, like, it blocks up your... It blocks your pores and keeps you from sweating, right? blocks your pores and keeps you from sweating, but apparently it can do it enough that your lymph nodes get blocked and it is a contributor to breath breath cancer. It will cause you breath cancer. <laughs> I was going to say what? Breast cancer. Titty cancer. I'll get titty but cancer? But, like, I just imagine, like, right here, like, if it's blocking your sweat, then it's probably blocking... These little doers right here. Yeah, but then you don't sweat. It's the trade-off. Yeah, except sweating is good for you. There's like a reason you do it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, so what I thought we'd start with, and I'm sure it'll go a number of directions, but I wanted to talk about boys and girls and relationships. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you're always my go-to whenever something's going on. I don't want to be smoking on this. Well, who cares? I still want the world to know that I'm an addict. Anyway. We, we were just talking about addicts. We were. Because, and we won't, we won't mention names, but when you get into a toxic relationship, and I know because I've been in a number of them, you, you, it, it's like a drug. It's like, it's like oh, doing yeah. heroin. And if you get too far removed from that person, you know it's good for you, but you still want that person. Well, I have some theories on that because I've thought a lot about it because you you know some of the relationships I've been in, unfortunately for you. But there's this thing called infatuation, which at its root is narcissism. And what it is is like – Instead of you bringing things to the table, 
so that you and this person can walk down a path together and support each other, you really like identify things in that person that you wish you had in your own personality or life or things that you strive to be. And you think that by being with that person, you can achieve those things. And they get assimilated into your life. And then when it's all over, you're rejected or spurned or just left behind, then you've lost not only the affection and the things that you, you know, and whatever you've built together, but you're losing like a part of yourself that you had that you hadn't built for yourself, so you don't keep it. It's gone. This piece of yourself is gone. Yeah. I think what you're saying is like you're with somebody long enough, your identity becomes intertwined with theirs. And so if you break up, then you feel like you lost a piece of yourself, right? But that's enmeshment. I think what you're talking about is like when it's addiction, it's because of what I was saying, which is like um, like when somebody – Uses another person's identity to fill to fulfill their own mm-hmm. dreams, mm-hmm. which I okay I did that with somebody right like I had these dreams of striking out into the world, going far away, and being a certain kind of artist. And I met this person, and I did it actually a couple times to a lesser degree, but I was with this person for a long time, and it really you know, in retrospect was super narcissistic of me because I, and them too, like we were in a relationship that rather than building something together and growing together, we glommed on to these ideas from the other person that we wanted. The way that he saw me, I didn't feel like I wanted to be trapped in, in the way that I saw him definitely didn't help him grow as a person Mm -hmm. and when we broke up which we did several times it was really hard it was like an addiction it wasn't like just mourning the end of a relationship it was like mourning sort of the idea of how my life had ended up being what I had dreamed it to be you know but don't you (laughs) don't you always seek that out when you're trying to find somebody? Aren't you always trying to make yourself better or, like, improve your social status? I don't. Whether well, or not that's subconscious. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to you're not gonna date some turd ball that makes $4 at Taco Bell <laughs> and drives a piece of shit car okay. and is an asshole. Like, you're going to try to increase your status, right? True confession. I have, for the last, like, 10 years, only dated people who make less money than me, have less social status, and et cetera, so that I can maintain control over all of it. You're saying that as a <laughs> negative thing so to I'm yourself? S- I'm like, I admitted this recently, but I've known it for a long time. And it's it's not, none of those relationships I expected to last. Like, over the years, I've been in different places where I do or don't look for relationships that last. And I don't even look for relationships anymore. But I do have deep feelings about how relationships should be. And I don't think that people should strive for relationships that in and of the person create a status step or anything that's that trite, well, not trite, what's the word? That's that 
shallow essentially mm-hmm. or like people are worth so much more like why would you be with a person it should be all about that person and the way that you interact with them and what you bring to the table together and i it what's trait is what i would what i would quote is Khalil Gibran's um poem that every like people use at their wedding all the time um which name I can't remember but if anyone looked up Khalil Gibran in relationships it would be the first thing but then beyond that I would say Kierkegaard's book called Works of Love which touches on all the different kinds of love that exist not based on the English language but Greek and there are five of them and you know, one of them is like brotherly love. Mm-hmm. One is infatuation. One is the like love between parents. And there are two more. I can't remember exactly what they're called, but understanding all of those things and the way in which you love people is really important too, because you could end up in a relationship where you love somebody, but it's not the right kind of love to make a partnership. Yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> it's tough to. Uh, are you rubbing on something? I'm shaking my leg as always. Oh, sorry. I just hear it in there. It'll it'll get annoying after a while. Um, Thanks for letting me. Uh, when you, I, I mean, I think that's just like a natural thing that you're constantly trying to find love, unless like you just give up. You're like you're always searching for something, whether or not, um, that's with a, a pet or um, your kid or with like a significant other, I think that's just like a natural human thing that you're constantly searching for. And to be able to share that with a person for a long time and not have it get fucked up is so difficult. And anytime I see anybody that's made it for more than like, I mean, what is it? Like a couple years, if you make it past a couple years, you have like a way better shot. But like people that that stay married for like 40 or 50 years, do you, do you even like them anymore after that? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's it's more like, do you like them during it? Because, for instance, and I'm just going to be blunt, because I don't think it's online, but my parents got married really young. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a lot of means. They had three kids pretty quickly. And that was that was difficult. And when you're that young, you don't know who you are. And you don't have like all you have are ideas about the world and your life and that can be really crushing when reality hits and you have all these people to take care of and suddenly like whatever love you had with the person that you married takes a back seat to responsibility and then their i you know their ideas of each other didn't end up being what they actually in practice were to each other and there was a lot of there was a lot of tension and being just being young and poor it will create a lot of tension mm-hmm. and throw kids in there and then throw like the fact that my dad had a disease and you know we found out later my mom had a mental health she had a mental health disease mm-hmm. that went on un- undiagnosed for a really long time and definitely affected the way that she interacted with all of us mm-hmm. and it was pretty volatile sometimes but they stuck it out Sometimes I think the only reason they did was because of us. They were both latchkey kids, and I, you know, I've heard them say they just wouldn't do that to us. Um, 
And now here they are for the last, I bet, 10 years. They're like, they're the kind of relationship that I would strive to be in. Mm -hmm. But they paid a price for it. Yeah. You know, even though like at the they still love each other for the same reasons. It's just that now they access that love way more easily and naturally because they had a fight mm -hmm. to get there. And one of the things that I always thought of is like waiting until I had gotten to know myself better and hopefully didn't have so much baggage that I couldn't more readily get to that place with somebody that's why I always try to be friends with people before I end up dating them. Hmm. Doesn't always work in my favor. But you consciously try to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have fucked people that I met and then just <laughs> like ghosted them or gone on my merry way. But mm -hmm. anyone who I'd be serious about, I would certainly be friends with first. Mm -hmm. Or no, first. Because as a woman, like you can't start a sexual thing with a dude and then try to be friends it their brains just don't your brains just don't do that cool i'm glad we can get into this okay let, yeah what are your thoughts on that so you're saying you're saying it's gotta be that you become friends before you get sexual and then you could potentially date that's been my experience I think you're right. I think think that we think of things and experience things differently. And it's not always that we have like nefarious uh, goals or something, but right. we just like view the world differently. And anytime people try to say men and women are the same, I get so fucking upset it's about stupid. it. It's like there's no – you don't have – we don't have to be the same. We're completely different, but that's cool in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's more about like understanding each other than just saying, oh, women are the same as men. That's I've, not true. Frankly, I've never even heard anyone say that. I would laugh them out of the park. But I believe you that there is this like, yeah. I wonder if when people say that, they mean that w women and men are equal. Have you ever thought about that? People say things all the time and it it isn't, isn't a good reflection of what they're idea is mm -hmm. but i'm not trying to call a bunch of people stupid who think that sorry to the world i'm pretty good at calling the world stupid so i think a lot of it is just like when you're young and you're trying to figure things out you know when you're like a young kid in high school and you're watching all these fucking teeny bopper movies and they're you know like john hughes movies and pretty in pink and you're like <laughs> Then you get into the 90s and you're watching like Can't Hardly Wait and all these movies like Jennifer Love Hewitt blasting in, you know, like it gives you an idea of, you know what I mean? It gives you an idea of what you think it's supposed to be. And it's all then, infatuation though. Or it's unrequited love that eventually works out, which is just as damning for, yeah, for the young and fragile mind. They need to start listening. Like reading more Shakespeare tragedies because like or Tristan and Isolde, there's a lot to be learned by German operas. You, your hormones get so ramped up at that yeah. age, and you don't quite know what you're supposed to do, but you just like 
You want a boyfriend or you want a girlfriend or you want to just like try to make babies with somebody because that's evolution. Like, But you don't know that necessarily. You don't you know want. that because you are you haven't figured anything out yet. No. But like. And the, but there are people who like, for instance, when I was in high school, I don't fuck around. And I've had friends of ours tell me that's why I could be a friend with dudes because I never fucked around with anybody. But my point <laughs> oh the reason i didn't was not only because of whatever if i had this idea of what that should look like which was sort of fairy tale esque but it wasn't because of movies it was because of like books i read and it was more like because of fairy tales but also it was reinforced by the fact that all of my lady friends kind of sold themselves short like they would lose their virginity to somebody who basically as soon as that happened and usually happened in some kind of tragic way or place like on a park bench <laughs> or something then they would come to me and cry on my shoulder and I just never wanted to be that person not that the way that I eventually lost my virginity is like really some kind of fairy tale love story but it was when I was older and better equipped to deal with it. But does it have to be? No. Why is there so much importance placed on that? Because, well, for one, it's like a social thing. The idea of like a woman's vagina being a flower and or like a cherry that's being plucked. It's, it's instilled and ingrained in our social understanding of what and who women are and our place in the world as being, like, the weaker sex who needs to be protected and basically owned by men. But also the fact that the way that everything that we imbibe um, culturally reinforces the fact that rather than going out and doing something sexual on our own terms is not if not impossible, totally frowned upon, right? Like, what are you, a harlot? You are edgy in the outside of, like, the realms of society. Probably your family would be ashamed of you. And so we cherish our sexuality in a certain way, and we identify the loss of it in a way that, like, we want someone to appreciate it. We want there to be some hero who comes in and idolizes us and isn't going to take something from us that we can never get back and then just fucking walk away, you know? But frankly, that is pretty rarely the case. I mean, even in, in cultures where that kind of chastity is enforced, frankly, those marriages are often... Forced marriages. I mean, who who well, marries and for love? I mean, yeah, mar- things can become fulfilling. The thing about fulfilling relationships is you have to work to make it happen. You have to sacrifice, and you have to have compassion. And I think most people think that it's magic. You know, especially at a young age. I don't know. You're making a face like you don't agree with me. I was just – I had like four different things I was going to say in in response. 
yeah, the the funny thing is, or I don't know if it's funny, but it's like true that if a dude fucks a bunch of girls, everybody high fives him and is like, "Yeah, that guy's awesome." And then if a girl has sex with a couple dudes, she's a fucking slut. Yep. I mean, it's yeah. so weird. You're doing the exact same thing. It's just a different gender, yeah. and it completely changes. Well, and that's because men see women the same way that I was just talking about. Like, you're supposed to keep yourself pure and whole for, like, the right person. And it was just like, I don't know, a certain friend of ours told me this once, much after we had graduated high school, that the reason that I was able to be friends with everybody and everyone respected me is because I didn't get down with people. And I don't know that I understand or... I don't know that his word is as solid as like. It was a dude that said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I was gonna say maybe that's how women perceive it, but you were always just my friend because I liked you. I didn't care who you slept with. That didn't matter to well, me. I mean, when I was in high school, though, I don't think we were friends in high school. This was somebody who was my own age. Mm. Not that it mattered. I just am saying that my thoughts about being pure and keeping myself apart from these like sexual activities that just in my experience resulted in sorrow for the people that were around me was reinforced by the fact that this person told me that that's why I had such a status among my male friends because and you know what I I believe that like if I'm sorry, but imagine if I had had like a hookup with some of these people, one of these people who I'm not going to, I mean, I will name, but you probably don't want me to. (laughs) I mean, I don't care, but it would have changed everything. And even though nobody would have like outrightly been conscious of that, it would have you know, and it could start so simply as that person, once done with me, would have tried to avoid me. I mean, there's one person in particular who literally when I wouldn't sleep with them was running from me and trying to shun me from the society of our friends. Yeah, that's that's like <laughs> because he was embarrassed that you turned him down, right? I don't think so because nobody really knew. Mm. I don't, you know. I don't know. Dudes are weird. Like I, I don't think it's – Purposeful or conscious, but it's almost like a game, like a number or something. It's like an achievement. Like, I got the high score, you know? And for girls, it's like, he cherishes me. Right. He's, he showed me his softer side. You know, it's like yeah, completely it's different ways of viewing tell, it. It's the tales we tell each other. And it's biological. Like, men are supposed to spread their seed. And it's expected and accepted. And virility in men you know, virility is what makes a man a man, right? Mm-hmm. So having an avid sexual life is a sign and a virtue of virility where the opposite is true of women. And this is still like social uh, social thoughts are like changing but slowly. And men can, yeah, social or society is slowly turning in a lot of ways to allow for different identities, but it's taking 
dec- like decades oh, for that decade even to start. Hundreds of thousands of years. Well, I yes, think there's been pretty but, strict roles up I until mean, like the 50s, right? From what we know, from what our history is that's been recorded, I mean, we know about the raids on gay bars in the 50s. We know about social shunning. We know about, I mean, in the 40s too. I haven't really heard a lot about the 30s, but that was being because gay, of the... Being gay was illegal until like the 70s yeah, in a lot of countries. Yeah, sodomy was illegal. Yeah. And, and people have been gay forever. But a lot of that comes from the Christian basis of yeah. our society of Sodom and Gomorrah. That whole point of that story of Sodom and Gomorrah is lost on people. They just... People don't understand the Bible. <laughs> well, the Bible's been translated... Agreed. 20 times in six different languages over and the course of 2,000 years. Distributed by different kings who wanted to emphasize different yeah, things. Yeah, Confucius. Or um, Constantinople. Yeah. Yeah. And King James. And like, I mean, it just never stops. But, and and the original books of the Bible were written in several different tongues, so. Well, they were also written, all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were written 70 to 90 years after Christ Crucifixion. died. Yeah. yeah. How are you going to have an accurate depiction of an event 70 years after it happens when all you can do back then, mm-hmm. most people didn't know how to read or write? Well, and I wonder who penned it. I mean... They were people that were not there. All of yeah. the all of those Gospels were written by people who were not but visible they, witnesses. they were orated. And, like, that's the thing is, like... Oral oral history is really important. And the thing about oral history is that it tends to have, oh, man, I could argue both points of this. It has more truth because it has more weight. It's just not written down and thrown about. And you you can feel the impact of, like, what it does to people. Mm -hmm. Like, this conversation is something we're way more likely to remember than if you'd pick something up and just been like, like read it. Yeah. On the other hand, oral history can be bastardized, but then again, so can written history. It can be bastardized. It can be used as a tool to control people. And religion is like the biggest tool used to control people. Even worse than socioeconomic (laughs) entreaties like, you know, coming. Communism versus commercialism. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So we got off on a tangent. I want to go I know. back. I want to go Queen back to tangents. men and women. Uh, men and women. Because I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that for all of human history, all a guy had to do was get inside you. And then he could just walk to the next town. You know what I mean? I don't. He doesn't have Give to take me an care. Example. He doesn't have to take care of the kid. You, Why is that part of human history? I'm Please just, help me understand. What? No, I want to understand. You could say that, and I could agree, but I'm not ready to. Like, I want to know. What I'm saying is, it's always been the female's responsibility to take care of these children. Like the a guy, whore can get impregnated, and then she has to deal with the fact that she has a kid. Yes, because the baby is inside you. Yeah, there's no escaping You it. make all the babies. So No. Women don't make the babies. 
I'm saying you carry all the babies. You, yeah, you, but both parties make the babies. Yes. And, like, that needs to be understood. Women don't make babies all by themselves. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying okay. is— but just to be clear, because you said you make the babies. I'm saying <laughs> you take the baby and grow it inside you, and then you give birth— you do the most important job. Sometimes you give birth. Yeah. Okay. You do the most important job. Our bodies, our bodies gestate. It's incredible. It's amazing. And what I'm saying is that up until uh, I want to say the 60s when they created birth control, it was always on women to be uh, skeptics or – to, to discern between different guys because they can't just let every dude have sex with them because one of those dudes is going to get them pregnant and then they have to take care of the baby. So okay. until the 60s when they invented birth control, saving yourself for marriage and being a virgin was a different thing than it is now. Now you can kind of regulate it a little bit more. It is a little bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah, birth control probably did change the way that women can interact with society and what you're saying before i would argue that there was still the pull and pray but because of social and religious factors women valued the fact that they like the expectation on women always has been to have children and even though now we know that chromosomes chromosomes reflect that Infertility typically is a male genetic problem, mm -hmm. not female. There are problems with like female, like for instance, me. I have a, uh, a hostile womb, so there's that. But if I were to have a bunch of girls, that would be like your fault if we were married and you were trying to like create a bunch of heirs for a kingdom or something, or if like. You know, you're we were like in a nomadic situation, or you know, working like farm owners. Like boys are more valuable because they do work. Girls, you have to pay somebody to take off your hands, and so, um, definitely, birth control has changed the way that women can interact with society because there's more control over their sexuality. Mm -hmm. But there was always a way to avoid being pregnant. In, but they were in these like subtle. So it was either women and their subterfuge and their secret mystical ways behind the veil of womanhood, or men could just pull out. But the idea that they would do that was like, it was the biggest insult you could give a woman. Well, I wonder when they finally figured out that that was what. I mean, when did they figure that out? That that was the thing that made the babies. What, sex? Yeah. Like, they, they had to understand. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, do you think it was, like, in cave person time? No. It had to be, though. No. Well, when did people start living in communities? Because there is a certain point in, like, the cave people were really solitary. But at some point, because of evolution, people needed to get together and... Even though we like to think that cave people are like, there's, <laughs> what is the word? That I, prehistoric human beings, which, to, for which there is a word that I cannot remember. Sorry, not, I'm not that kind of scholar. But um, 
It's not like they were stupid. Their brains were smaller and developed in different ways, but... But they just did the thing that they wanted to do, and that's the reason that people do it is because it's the best feeling in the world. I don't and that's, think it's that That's simple. what prolongs our civilization. That's what allows yeah. us to keep living. I just if think, it sucked and it didn't feel good, nobody <laughs> would do it. Well, that's true, especially not women. Ugh, that makes me think about a bunch of stuff that is not good to talk about. But I really think there's an oversimplification simplification of – the way that early human beings interacted with the world. Like, who invented the wheel? Cave know. persons? Somebody. You know that, right? Who discovered fire? I mean, unless you believe in religious tales, it was cave people. And also they invented the wheel. And they made the first tools. I'm pretty sure they could deduce that doing it produced babies. Well, discovering fire was significant to the growth of the human brain. That's Before that, you had to chew raw meat, and so you needed a far bigger jaw to chew the meat. Once they figured out how to cook it over fire, that. yeah, that allowed our brains to grow bigger because we didn't need as big a jaw. Oh. Yeah, that was a significant event in the development of humans, for sure. But for for sex, like... You're right. I think they knew they, they figured learned. out they figured yeah. out at some point this is what you got to do, but I wonder I mean even as long or as uh recently as like I want to say like the 15 or 1600s people did not understand they didn't know that there were millions of sperm inside. Of course not. No, it took a long time for science to catch up and figure out what was actually happening. Well, I'm not going to say of course not, actually. I don't know. I don't know because there are – do you know much about the whaling business? <laughs> like whales in the ocean? Yeah. And – I don't know if I want to go down this road with you. You don't have to. We can skip it. I mean, I can, but I'd just be lecturing you on this idea that is like, have you ever heard the term sperm whales? I know what a sperm whale is, yeah. So there were the there were these settlers who were like pilgrims who were like tough as nails motherfuckers who – they lived in Nantucket, and that, like, weird island stretch was their home, and they were whalers, and that was their life. Like, the whole, everything revolved around it, and they were, like, the brutal-ass motherfuckers who did the work that is, is, like, depicted in Moby Dick, where they go in these whaling boats, and they just spear the shit out of these whales to the point where it gives up because what they're aiming for is the lungs, right? But the reason that it's called a sperm whale is because... It has this big head in which there are all of these, like, Little fat, tiny sperm. fat follicles. Yeah, that they're sperm. So the concept that people didn't know about how many sperm a man carried doesn't hold weight because of that. Plus, also, do you have any idea? If you look <laughs> historically... There have been people who are grave robbers who cut people up to figure out their anatomy way further back. Like, think about Leonardo da Vinci. 
I mean, he cut the fuck out of people. Like, he dissected people. They used to sell bodies to yeah. institutions. Yeah, the, the morgue would sell bodies. They still do. Oh, I'm There's sure. a market for it still. Uh, Sorry. My, my sister... I don't know if she's ever dissected a cadaver herself, but she went to school to do that type of stuff. Oh, I would love to talk to her if she Yeah, had. I would too. I've asked her to come do an episode with me, but she hasn't agreed yet. Uh, she she was way into that stuff. And that, to, to me, like, I'm incapable of doing that. I don't want to see the inside you of a body. You don't know that. I think... You might find it distasteful and shy away from it, but you don't know if you're capable of it. I'm sorry, Matt. I don't want you to undersell yourself as to what you're capable <laughs> Maybe that's of. the career path I've been looking for. I don't know about career path, but... Dude, I remember... <laughs> I remember I was a sophomore, and I was in biology class, and we were supposed to dissect a frog. And I was partnered with these two Hispanic kids, and they just couldn't fucking do it. They couldn't. So I was sitting there, and I was like, and you had the alternative of, like, writing a huge essay about frogs or, like, why you didn't want to cut them up. And I was like, he already scrambled their brains with a needle. Like, plus I was incredibly curious because I used to – take like like dandelions and cut them up and like then I would make paper out of them anyway I've always been a little morbid in that way but it's not morbid it's you know whatever so I cut the legs off opened the chest up found the heart and it's still beating right beating Yeah. yeah because the body's alive the brain is just and I don't know frankly looking back on it I don't know if that means that it couldn't feel pain I don't because know how that's still, like, ethically, ethically possible. I, I don't he know He scrambles that, the brains yeah. with a screwdriver. And that – well, not with a screwdriver. Well, ice pick or whatever. Needle, yeah. Like a tiny needle. I, that's the only thing I remember is that, – That's the part that bothered me. Like, and I love frogs. I love listening to them. Out, like, I hear them outside my house. And you think about chopping off their legs? I didn't know. <laughs> But I've eaten frog legs before, too. So, like, what are you going to do? I mean, people dissect cats. That doesn't bother me as much as dissecting that frog. But I got such pleasure out of the discovery of it. I don't know how we ended up. Oh, because we're talking about whether people know or knew about sperm. (laughs) I think that they did. I think they had a better understanding of it. Then I think they just thought it was magic juice. I think that they were too afraid of speaking bluntly and couldn't really say what they'd identify to the greater public. Like, like it's like men's milk, not like spermatozoa. I don't know. I, I, you're gonna Google it. No, I'm gonna Google Google this guy right here. Oh, man. I don't know if I told you about all the ways I've hurt myself in the last three weeks. How you hurt yourself? Yeah, I've been really special. for. I mean, I've always been really special about, like, being a klutz, but I've had some. 
What'd you do? Well, we were supposed to do this episode like a year ago, and we were minutes from starting it, and <laughs> then you true. rolled your ankle on my porch. Well, I broke my meta- my first and second metatarsals. I rolled my ankle, but I don't know if it I It got so fat. Oh, I know. It blew that up. That big bubble. But what I didn't realize at the time is I actually had broken two of my metatarsals. Which is so weird because all I did was I was like skipping <laughs> down your walkway and I forgot there was like this step that was only this big. I landed weird on my stupid like keds. Well, I didn't have a porch light, so that didn't help. Yeah, that's why my insurance won't pay for it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, it's fine. I I wrote my landlord a message <laughs> and I was like, hey, my friend got fucked up. Can you please put in a porch light? And he. He's awesome. He put two brand new porch lights That's cool. out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I lied to my insurance. I was like, I was walking down the road. <laughs> they Okay, I think they ended up paying for it. I don't really remember because I just don't give a shit. Yeah. So don't feel bad or anything. Okay. Yeah, that sucked. In fact, the lady at the ER was like, don't answer this question. <laughs> Leave that field blank. Don't well, check that checkbox. Especially after I told her where I work, she was like, because we all stick together. Yeah, well, you got to. That's what people do. No, I brought up this guy right here, Ignace Semmelweis. He, uh, I don't have time to read the whole thing, but I know. Highlights. I know a lot about him because I go down these weird Wikipedia wormholes. And basically, what he did is he discovered, he worked. Let me see if my brain is going to recall some shit. He worked in a maternity ward and. It was in, uh, you know, like the mid-1800s. And he discovered that the doctors that were working at the morgue, they would – this is gross. I'm listening. Don't worry. They would leave the morgue after dissecting cadavers and have blood and bacteria and all kinds of nasty shit that we understand now. It'd be on their apron. It'd be on their hands. They'd walk over to the maternity ward and deliver babies. Oh, no. Yes. That's fucked up. They didn't wash their hands. Like, it was considered... um, How could they not wash their hands? Because they didn't know. No, but I'm sorry. That's. It's just really hard to imagine that one would not deduce that. And I... Anyway, regardless... No, that is not even the most disturbing thing about how that shit worked. Do you know about the, the- like, uh, surgery theaters? Uh, uh, yeah. When people would perform surgeries in the middle of, like, an amphitheater and people would watch. Uh-huh. And they now it's just, like, it's for, like, doctors or medical students. But it used to be just... Just anybody. Anyone who wanted to see. Sounds cool. And it was super fucked up the way that, oh, my God, some of the most they didn't have movie theaters. things. Some of the, well, it's not like it's even that. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so. I'm so, sorry. I can go. So <laughs> he, he worked in this hospital, and for whatever reason, the morgue was directly next to the hospital where they would deliver the babies. And so, okay. like I said, they would uh, be cutting up uh, the, the cadavers and doing autopsies and everything. Then they'd walk over and deliver the babies. Well, they discovered that all these babies were dying. Like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had more to say. No, it's okay. Um, so all these babies were dying all the time. And they're like, why? What is going on? Like, why are all these babies dying? <laughs> and so funny. he discovered... That it was important to wash your hands. 
Oh, he was the one that figured it out. Yeah. And so no one believed him. He was a fucking oh. social pariah. They're like, whatever. I. It was all about ego. They're like, we don't need to wash our hands. Uh, um, you don't know what you're talking about. And he spent a long time trying to prove that is what it was. Ended up getting um, dis- not disbarred, but like they pushed him out of the, the scientific community. And they're like, this guy's a fucking Ostracized? quack. Ostracized. Ostracized. He has a nervous breakdown oh and goes God. to a mental institute. Which is a horrifying thing in that time. Yes. Oh and then something goodness. happens, and I'm not going to read it right now, so I'm going to have to look it up later. But something happens while he's in the mental institute, and somebody does something to him where they didn't wash their hands, and he gets an infection and dies. So he discovered that you have to wash your hands and ends up dying because of it. And then like a few – like a decade later – See, that is what I mean about the cruelty of life. How – going back to like the idea of like when we're talking about women and men, like women can give themselves away thinking they're going to get a freaking fairy tale and they end up becoming the third wife because they didn't make sense. It's – Fighting for something you believe in, and women are not, but like, even now, fighting for something that you believe in or that you see that is against either social norms or something people don't want to actually accept will alienate you. I think that's the thing is like people, I think people get more and more closed-minded and ingrained in their beliefs and less willing to like entertain new ideas mm. and we don't have it figured out why do you think they do that social media but why do, no okay okay sorry because it's easier to subscribe to the belief that you're right do nobody you, wants to say oh you know what fucking i was wrong but do you think that before social media that wasn't happening in communities I you, think social media spreads it. Social media is a way that makes the world smaller and really per- perpetuates and propagates the problem. But the problem exists inside of us. So, like, don't you think that happened in communities? Don't you think people got together at the coffee shop and had those same conversations? Yes. It just wasn't able to spread as right. broadly as it does now. But, like, okay, so it spreads broadly because of social media. And it happened in coffee shops or in small social gatherings before there was you know a way to make the world really small Mm -hmm. and before tv and all that shit but why that's what i'm asking you is like why do you think that this whole this them me they they're happens is it you know for instance because of insecurity in one person or because of fear of change or yeah i don't know well you want to get deep let's get deep you don't have to i'm sorry it's just well no you know me you brought me on here (laughs) what did you think was gonna happen that's that's why i brought you on because we we always (laughs) have really good conversations uh i don't know if you like go deep into a mushroom trip the final thing you come to is why? 
Like, why do anything? Does what that is the point? Always happen with you? Oh yeah. It doesn't always happen with me. I I always reach the point where I'm like, well, what's the point? Like, why well, why why have a job? Why make money? Why fucking make people? Why do anything? You're just gonna die, and everything goes on. Like, why? Well, that means that that's a huge question on your mind. Like, if every time you take mushrooms and trip, and that ends up on your mind. That means that's a repressed, repressed or suppressed question that you have that you only ask when you're in a p- like place where you're open enough to ask it. I'm sorry. I have different questions I ask myself. What do you ask a- yourself? Ask my scalp. What you ask asking yourself. <laughs> well, it's funny because the last time we did mushrooms together was when my house in Kenton was like basically cleaned out. Remember, we walked in circles. We went to the baseball field. Well, yeah. At first, we walked in circles around my like living room, and then we went to the baseball field. And then I was like, I gotta get out of here. Which it was because it was too early. I like doing that stuff when it's late. But we ended up talking about my job and <laughs> kind of cracking that code, which is super <laughs> nice of you because I had a really very dramatic and fucked up situation going on with my job, but. Yeah, we. That was a why. That was so, a why. And do you remember the conclusion we came to? It was basically like, why do you have a job? You should quit. Fuck that place. Well, and I did. <laughs> I quit that job and I traveled for three months and then I ran out of money and I was like, holy shit. And then I found the job I have right now, which was like its own set of miracles. I mean, I well, don't that, deserve the job I have right now, but I bust balls to make it happen. I think that is – that's the the question and it's not even related to mushrooms but it's just like what is the question of life? You – Why – what is the why of life? Yeah. You just oh, – nobody knows. Darling. You can't explain it. You just do what you do. But th- th- Why do is, you do it though? Why do you do well, it? Well, OK. This <laughs> is what I've come to in the last couple of years because I went through some horrendously – debilitatingly depressive shit and I just got to a point where I was like I'm just gonna do what I want to do I don't care what anybody thinks about it and it took like a fucking painful divorce to get me there but like you and I are gonna be dead in like 40 years yeah fuck so like who cares exactly who cares nobody gives a fuck about us in 50 years we're dead Nobody cares about George Washington. Nobody cares about Abraham Lincoln. They're fucking dead. They just use them to further their own fucking means. And yeah, no. Everybody will manipulate you in some way or another. I love my great-grandma who died, but I have put her on a pedestal and used her basically to make feel myself feel bad about me until I was like, oh, my God, she wanted me to have that first abortion I had. And then she made me a baby blanket for the when I was ready to have a kid. Like, holy shit. It's all about... People don't live their lives because they get caught up in what people think about them and what they're supposed to do. And our guilt and our inability to... Oh, people feel like it's selfish to do what they're good at doing or to leave something that they're doing because of responsibility. And 
even though they might be successful at the thing that they would like to pursue and they it might yield better fruits. This is an oppressive puritanical society. And the way that it was built was to create this working class that did not question their place in society or the job that they naturally ended up in, and that kept society going. And it was an outdated form as soon as the Industrial Revolution happened, and it was capitalized on, I mean, I don't, if I start talking about the Industrial Revolution, we'd never get out of here, but... There are really, really fucked up hangovers from the pilgrims' thinking in this country. Mm -hmm. And look at how fucking hard we fought any external thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, communism. I mean, look at the... Oh, my gosh. It wasn't just that we fought against it here. We fought against it in other countries that it wouldn't have mattered if... Like, Vietnam became communist. Like, what would that do to us? And then the McCarthy era, like, your neighbor. Nah, 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 nah. But it was happening far before that. It was happening before World War II. Actually, it was happening before World War One. And um, now there's fundamentalism that's going on in this country and in the Middle East. Do you know that... The way that fundamentalism happens inside of a family or a community of farm workers in this country basically exactly mirrors the same thing that happens in the Middle East. So beginning with the fact that their countries, the powers that be in each of their countries, cut off their ability to sustain their farms, cut out and appropriated their land and did not help them with the things that needed to happen for them to have sustainable lifestyles. So these rural people became extremists. Mm -hmm. And in this country... They're gathering numbers, and there hasn't been, I mean, there was the uprising where, oh, my God, do you think about, holy shit, they broke into the fucking capital. Like, in no part of history that's ever happened. Like, that's insane. But over here, they're upset at Bashir, but the people that are upset about Bashir and his corruption are extremists. So once they fight him out, or they don't really... Anyways, they fight their fight, and then they end up fighting against the people who they think are the people who let Bashir come to reign. Yeah, I mean, it's all about... You, if, <laughs> I don't know why I brought this up. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Whenever you have someone in power either the people will love them or they will hate them. And if you have enough force and you have a military, whatever, you can repress everybody. Or eventually, if you have something in your country that other countries want, the United States will come in there and fuck you up. And 
overthrow your government and take all your stuff and install a democratic government, that there's always going to be – there's always going to be a fight between the leader and the people that are underneath. The, the, the thing that cannot happen, the thing that hasn't happened in the United States is that there is not – people have to get to the point where they have nothing left to lose. They haven't reached that point in America. Right, Once that, you, I, I wasn't following you on the rest of it, but <laughs> no, because I think I'm talking about something different. Oh, okay. What are you talking about? No, I don't want to get into it. it would, here's the thing. We can talk about it. What do I say is like at, when I'm in works, in meetings at work where like we get on tangent, I'm like, we'll talk offline about this. Mm, we'll talk offline. I mean, th- <sighs> You made good points, but they didn't exactly meet mine. Okay. I think we're talking about two different things, but they work in tandem. And I agree with everything you said. Mm-hmm. Um, that extremism happens when people have nothing left to lose. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens happened in these farming communities, these rural communities that ended up becoming extremists who first, like in Syria, fought off the regime and then later tried to suppress citizens who didn't feel the same way as them. Mm -hmm. And should these forces that exist in our nation get that kind of foothold, we would sure as hell see that happening to us. Like, we would. I'm sorry, but we might be able to fight them off. The government might try to fight them off for us, but they might just sit back and watch it all go. We should all buy guns and learn how to use them. Do you want me to teach you how to shoot a gun? I've shot a gun. Are you really good at it? Uh, last time I shot a .30-06, no one told me not to put the scope on my oh, eye. Oh, darling. I about, I about knocked myself out. You're fucking lucky you didn't lose an eye. <laughs> I was with Hoover. Of course you were. Yeah. Hoover, you're supposed to take care of our friends, not – he probably – It made me sick. Did you think it was funny? Because that would be no. super fucking stupid. I had a huge black eye and I almost threw up. It made me physically sick. Well, yeah. I mean that will fuck up your like whole like, – Yeah. Every like part of your – what do you call it? Your – what do you call it? Your Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Yeah. It sucked. No, I've shot guns before. The, I figured you had. I was just giving you a hard time. There's there's an issue in this country right now where I think more people are friends than it's led to believe. It just you people have to subscribe to one side or the other. There's no in between. Yeah, there is. I think there's a lot of people who feel they are in the in-between. I'm one of them. But you – if you have any perspective on either side, you get labeled that thing. And you but, automatically – But do you care? Do you care? I care because this country is fucking destroying itself. We're – I honestly okay. believe we are in a very bad situation. So you're not worried that you're – okay. If there's left and right or up and down or whatever the hell – and you're in the middle because you can see sides of both. But somebody is on both sides, they're assigning you to the other side because mm-hmm. you're not fully committing to their side. Do you care? 
Or do you care about the fact that the whole thing is happening? I wish there were more options. There never will be. Th th that's designed that way. That's what they no, that's, want. It's human nature, Cody. It is human nature. I agree. I think that even if there are like four or five different options, there are going to be factors that end up melding and they'll fight together until they win and then they'll fight each other. Mm -hmm. It'll just, it's always, I'm sorry, it's, it is human nature and it is proven historically like tribes will come together and fight each other and whoever wins will be done. And then whoever's left will assign, like align with whoever beat them. And then those tribes or entities will fight each other and it just keeps going because. So what happens if the right won? What if there was a major war? Like the right as in like. The, the political the right, right. The conservatives. What if they won and they destroyed all the, the liberal Democrats and then they controlled the country? Do you think they okay. would still have shit? Let, to let, let me give you an example. So in Texas, like yesterday, I think it was yesterday, it became illegal for women to have abortions after a certain yeah, I saw that. Time. And people are allowed to bounty hunt anybody and they will get awarded $10,000. Yep. This is the society we live in. So you ask me what could happen if those people win? That is a really great example. Mm -hmm. And should they come in power the way that like our actual like, principles of power and have access to like all of our records my fbi file your fbi or cia file they're gonna know that i've had two abortions i'll have to go underground i mean have you ever watched the maiden tale maiden's tale i never tale? i never did i read the book but yeah this is exactly the kind of shit i mean you know this but uh, no the question i'm asking is okay. what would what would all the people that are hardcore on that side, what would they do? I on think, on I think which side? Sorry. On the right. What, who would they fight after that? Oh, oh, my God. They would start fighting each other. I think that's the thing. I think people want to fight something. That's what I'm saying. They don't want to win. They just want to fight. They'll fight as a group against, you know, liberals and conservatives. And then if the conservatives win, then they'll find something to fight about. And they'll fight about that. It's always been that way, except for civilization came in and created laws that gave everybody equality. Here's the thing. And I'm going to say this. Like, I am a conservative. I am not, not a Democrat. And I am not a far right-wing conservative. But I live in a rural area. And I don't like the fact that the federal government has been appropriating land that farmers and ranchers have had forever to graze their animals and perpetuate their lifestyle. And this is exactly what happened in, in Iran and Syria. And so, uh, anyway, but do you remember the Malheur National Forest? Like, um, oops. In Oregon? Yeah. You know, do you remember when they took over that Carson Rec building and had the... Oh, that was in... Um, that was further south. It was like Burns. Yeah. Yeah. That was all about that same thing. It was about a 
federal appropriation of lands that were <clears throat> had been previously used by farmers, ranchers, and then they were asked to pay something like $25 per acre for their cattle to graze on lands that had been open free land to graze upon. So suddenly the federal government comes in and says, this open space is ours now, and we're going to charge you money to, like, use it. Of course they rose up. I would rise up, too. But I guess, why, where was I going with it? Well, the the problem is... Sorry, doggy. The problem is there's nobody discussing things open-mindedly and explaining things uh, from both sides. That... Everything gets a left or a right tint to it, and then people just people people don't read articles anymore. They read headlines, and then yeah. they fucking post about it on Facebook, and I they know. get angry about it. And it's the fucking wrong way to interact. But it's with how humans. people is how people feel important. You know, yeah. like you click on clickbait, you don't read the whole article, you don't read an opposing idea, but you post something. And then people will give you likes and then you feel like you know what the hell you're talking about and you yes. feel appreciated in the world where likely you're isolated anyhow. I mean, this is the ultimate um, downfall of this country. It is exactly what other people hate us for and it is exactly what's going to like lead to our demise because nobody will ever unite on the same front. Because nobody's thought about different ideas. Mm -mm. There are people out there who will tell you those ideas. But nobody wants to quote that and put it on Facebook because it's not a two-line, like... Yeah. It's about hits. (laughs) It's about likes and hits. Yeah. And you have to be controversial and uh, very persuasive. To, to get those things to happen. Yeah. Well, and you need to first, what you need to do is like find young people who are open to the ideas that, you know, you want to portray. I think, and yeah, but, then they move forward and. Yeah, but they don't know, they don't know what life is without social media. Okay. But. Their entire be, okay, life has okay, been on the internet. Okay. Let's go with that. They. That is why there's such a great opportunity because the way that the people who are – I mean, you remember you and I went to school and we had to, like, learn HTTP, da, da, da. and the P- our age and others, like, the way that we interact with social media is incredibly different than the millennials. So they grew up with it. That's a part of their life. So it's a language they speak. So if they have ideas, ideology – and then they go into their life, they're not going to have the same interaction with the internet that you and our parents and our grandparents and our neighbors have with it. It's going to become a part of how they express themselves, and they're going to do it in a sophisticated way that we don't even fucking understand. And it's not the same thing as the way that we do it or our parents do it. It's not. It's much more sophisticated. It's much more part of their language. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't worry. I don't worry that if you give ideas to these kids and like help them figure out their own ideology based on because no, they don't look at the internet and like get ideas from it. They're like, Pugh. I mean, they're used to trolls or being trolls or, mm-hmm. I mean, shit. The things that we experience in the internet, they're just like, like they just can't. They're just like about. Well, we've reached the point where we're considered old. Yeah, I know. And wow. <laughs> so if if Meh. if if us or our parents get on some sort of platform, they don't want to be a part of that anymore because it's not cool. With that, the kids? That's, yeah, I mean that's what happened to Facebook. That's what happened to Snapchat. Like right now, TikTok is the coolest. There's so many older people getting on Cody. TikTok. All the all the fucking kids are gonna go. I mean, they're they're probably somewhere I don't even know about. Exactly. I was gonna say you have no fucking idea. Like the shit that kids are doing now. Is... Yeah. No, I would love to talk to somebody, but I have to. They're not gonna tell you. Well, I have to talk to somebody that's 18 or older. You have three children. Yeah. Well, they they don't have any social. Maybe media. I could interview them. Oh. Are you really thinking that your kids are not access like accessing social media? They don't have accounts Ooh. on things. <laughs> you trying to ruin my life? No, I'm trying to make you open your eyes. I'm sure that they have friends who do. No, I'm sure they do. How there is no way for children that age to not interact with social media. I mean, unless you took them out to the woods and made them live out there or allowed them to live out there. You cannot. Okay, we'll talk about this offline. Okay. Just, I'm sorry, but it's like how my parents thought that I wasn't going to be exposed to sex because they would let me watch movies with like horrific violence, but no, no sex. No, you're totally right. Because like when I was a kid in high school, I mean, it just has to do with like lying to get what you want. You just don't, or omitting or facts. Just, you just go do it. You just say, oh, I'm going to fucking Amanda's house. And then you go do heroin underneath the bridge. <laughs> I wish I had done heroin in high school. <laughs> Probably much more interesting as it was in now. Your art would be so much better. Actually, I hate talking about heroin because you know I lost a good friend recently. Uh, I'm sorry about that. This is a good spot to take a break for a second because I got to pee. Me too. Uh, okay, so where are we going to go? I don't know. I was thinking, like, maybe we had been deep, but you always... Okay, hold on. One, two, three. One, two, three, go. Do you... You know what we should have done? We really, really should have done this. We should have set this up so that we could beer bong on camera, (laughs) on microphone together. Let's just delete it and start over. We can pause it and go get like a funnel and like a. Do you think? Do you think kids still do beer bongs? Yeah, of course. I've read all the stuff that says kids don't hump. They don't hang out. They don't get drunk. Like they don't. They That's a lie. That's stupid. Okay, I'm sure it happens on some level, but I've read all this stuff that says. Kids don't interact in the same way that we used to They're when we were elevi- kids because they do everything on the internet. Well, that's not true. 
And the reason that I know it is because I have children in my life and they vary in age and none of them have replaced physical life with the internet. What what ends up happening in the internet is Okay. I want to I want to give you an example because it's easier for me. Does okay. that is that okay? Yeah, do it. There are a couple examples. Um, even like five or six years ago, I was at Safeway in Portland, which trust me, I had to go to the bathroom, like I had to pee so bad that I was willing to go to the fucking bathroom in Safeway (laughs) at the Lombard, well, I guess it was Fridmeyer, Lombard, Fridmeyer. And I'm in there and like, it's a disgusting ass place, like. All these like weird gang signs like etched into the mirror and it's just stinks like shit and there's shit all over the place and I'm just like uh like down like anyways. I would have been better off pissing outside, which I should have just done. Yeah. Which is, you know, I'm surprised I didn't. But um while I'm in the stall, these two girls who are like at most twelve or thirteen and 12 and 13 can have, like, some differences, but they were talking about how such and such a boy had been texting them and in, like, this really flirtatious and, like, really overtly sexual way, but at school ignored them. And I was like, oh, this is the new generation. Like, this is the new shitty way that girls get fucked with and that boys don't evolve. And, you know, of course, I thought I saw it from just the lens, but I was upset, you know. And they were having this whole conversation. Her friend was trying to console her. And I was just like, I wanted to go out there and be like, bitch, do not do this. But, of course, it was not my place. And, like, we had cultural differences, which I thought might make it harder, which makes me a coward. Total coward. But beyond that, people I'm closer with, I'm seeing that. Like, So this, this feeds into things that you've already spoken of. But I think that I think that they're still living tangible lives. They're still living these tangible lives. It's just that the important parts of it, the uncomfortable parts of it, the bullying that makes people, makes kids commit suicide – those are the things that are happening online. Anything that really was uncomfortable about growing up happens online and in a way that, like, they don't have to associate themselves with, you know. Have you ever flirted with somebody in text message and then just oh, yeah. not felt like when it ended for some reason you weren't like, oh, my God, because you have to keep seeing them. Well, this is, sometimes it's hard. No, this but, is a good path to go down because that is something that I find super attractive with women is whether or not they can text. And when I <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry. Is that No, I'm just laughing because I'm really fucking bad at it. Because But that doesn't matter. Sorry. I oh. no, it's okay, keep going. Um I have I've tried to interact with Tons of girls, you know, with dating apps and stuff. And some of them have zero 
intention of texting. They're like, I, I had this girl once that said, uh, she, <laughs> she goes, when are you available for a video call? And I'm like, what the fuck are, we, are you oh, interviewing me? you think me? that's fucking weird? Oh, my God. I sound, oh, man. No, I'm starting to feel shame. Did you do that too? I don't want a video call. I will. Exp- after you tell me. your story, I'll tell you my story. That is basically the story. Uh, she said that to me after we matched. And I was like, I'm not interviewing for a job. Like, you can't communicate with me for text. Like, we can banter back and forth and see if we're. Well, how gonna- long have you had? A text message thing back and forth. Was it like two or three messages? No, 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 no. Like we matched and she said, when are you available for a video call? And okay. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I mean, you reacted that strongly to it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's your I understand. Reaction. I understand it's COVID and she didn't want to meet in person, but that also bums me out. Like. I, I cannot develop an emotional, like a rapport, sexual rapport with you if you want to meet on a fucking FaceTime. Why? Like, because you let's would meet nor- up in person. You would normally. Oh, and okay. If you're talking about that instead of meeting up in person, I get it. Yes. No. If she would have okay. said, if she would have said, "Hey, meet me at the bar at five o'clock," I would have been like, "Cool." But she okay. said, "When can we video conference?" Okay. Okay. See, here's where I was like, uh, maybe she just wishes she could meet you at a bar, but since COVID is happening, she can't. I think she was very cautious with COVID. Well. And I was not. No, that's not sexy when you could have met at a bar. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell within seconds if you are going to have any sort of give and take with somebody. Yeah. And then an hour goes by and you have a conversation and you can fall in love. But if you're like, let's video conference at 6.47 p.m. As soon as I'm done with my meeting with my boss, he's like, that's fucking hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. Why is it like the women's job to make it hot? Anyway. It's got to be no, hot. No, I know. I know. I'm not saying it. Ask- I, feel, I feel like I understand now that we have established that you could have met up in person. Yes. Because for me, I have a hard time texting. You know, I don't do it a lot with you. I don't do it a lot with anyone else. But can I tell you the story? Mm-hmm. This is really fucking funny. Um, you've been to my house. And it's on, then there's this, like, road that goes down. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's this house behind me. And it's on the second half of this double lot. And they're not supposed to use our driveway. They have their own that goes mm. up by the school, but they don't use it. And they use our whole parking lot all the time because they're just, like, hyper-social people. And it really sucks to drive back there thinking you're going to park and then have to back out, like, this pretty long driveway. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little tipsy when I was doing it. I pulled in, and the guy that... Like, the guy of the house saw me pull up and saw my face just be like. <laughs> and so I start backing out in my, like, old-ass, like, fucking car. When I put it in reverse, it goes, you know, because it's, like, really old and, like, it's, like, three years. So I was like, and then I, like, pull into my front drive. And then I'm like, because my landlord asked me every time we talk. How's the parking situation with Ryan? I'm like, uh, it's not a big deal. This time I'm like, it's a fucking big deal. And so I open a beer, feed the cat, 
not my cat, by the way, just pisses me off even more. And I go outside and I'm like, look, I'm sure that if you had my number, you would have let me know that you were going to have people over and block all of the parking that's mine. Yeah. And he was like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, no, I understand that you're a gentleman and a good neighbor. And I don't want to be a passive-aggressive neighbor and get upset about it. So let's exchange numbers, which is like me being super passive-aggressive and being like, BT-dubs, I know you're a dick, but like, don't fucking do it again because next time shit's going to get ugly. Yeah. And you don't understand. Like, anyway, but you don't understand. But it's like, it's like seriously like 10 cars are parked there in in your driveway. In my driveway. Yeah. And so at but I was like shaking and I'd had from theaterings. And he was just being so like he was just looking at me like like he was going to win the fight. No, like he was like Oh, he's trying to hit on you? He just was like And I was like, "Uh so I type his name in, I'm like, Ryan, neighbor. And I'm like, put your number in here. Because my idea was I would give him my number and he could call it. I was like, put your number here and then I'll call it. And I type in Ryan, try to save it. It's just not working. Because my phone is like a total piece of crap. So when I thought it was all said and done, I was like, oh, Ryan. Oh. That's all right. It doesn't matter. The likelihood. And plus also, hey, buddy. Um, <laughs> he's he's definitely not watching. It's fun. Um, I call this guy on accident thinking it's my neighbor. I'm like, oh, shit. He's like, no, that's not my name. And I'm like, oh, God. Because I still have like 200 people in my fucking phone book from when I was the HR manager at Foodfront. So, I have all of them there. So, I get home, like, an hour goes by. Not even an hour, like, ten minutes goes by. And I get a message back from this dude who I used to work with who's like, wow, I haven't seen that number come across my screen in a while. And I was like, oh, shit. And right right away, I knew who he was. And that he was fucking hot. And that as an HR manager, I had to suppress all my fluttery, oh, like, feelings. sweaty. I mean, it was just hormones. It was, but, like, he was, he was hot. And we kind of talked about how, like, we both thought each other were hot. And we, ta- we texted for, like, hours to the point where I was like, dude, I want to keep talking to you, but I can't keep doing this. <laughs> well, and part of it is, like, I sit in front of a goddamn computer for, like, 50 to 60 hours a week. Yeah. My eyes fucking hurt and mm-hmm. texting on my phone like that many like doing that for like an hour or two. I'm just like, no, fuck that. Like if you want to talk to me, you can call me, which is also the same thing as my friend that I told you about earlier. It was like, my- It's a different way of flirting. Like there I, I've had text interactions with somebody who me texting back and forth her, with her is super hot and super engaging. It's okay. super awesome. Yeah. But it's then like if flirting, it's it's total flirting. But if you sat down and just talked, 
it's not like it would be worse, but it would just be different. And there's some people that love to text and could do it like all day long and other people that don't like it. It's not my favorite thing. No. I can do tit for tat and go between. But I've told you about like my last boyfriend and what a fucking nightmare that was. And anyhow. Well this, this I've is... never been a huge fan of texting. But what I was but like once I asked this dude to like do something besides texting, he was like all for it. Mm. And he was gonna call me, but he hasn't since. And I'm like Oh, hello, Jello. And I thought, like, maybe I should be like, sorry, I asked you to call me. I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to apologize. Like, I do not want to have a te- – I already have a text relationship that I have to keep because I've loved this guy since I was, like, seven – no, 19. And the only way we can k- stay in touch is because – is through this shit because he's married and <laughs> we won't say his name. Well, that's a, that's a thing about uh, where we're at this day and age is that um, the way that you pursue someone is different now. I've seen people say on the internet, and these are probably hardcore fucking crazy bitches that you don't want to talk to anyway. They'll be like, Oh my God, I went to the fucking Starbucks today and a guy asked me for my number. That's sexual harassment. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's like, these are... What do they want? That's what I'm wondering. These are things that... that, uh, Well, just filter those bitches out. That's fucking stupid. No, for sure. But like, (laughs) that is... Oh my God. I mean, I understand that things are going to shift and change over time, but like for a very, very long time, the natural progression of the way it's supposed to go is that a guy sees a girl somewhere, becomes interested. There's there's an exchange that you can't explain between eye contact and yeah. body language and all kinds of shit, and then you have to go up and talk to them. And figure out whether or not they and like you. And that's the overcoming all of the things. That's like how you know that that person's worth it because you have to overcome all of these things. And that only happens because you really like them, right? So exactly. it's, it's you're investing in that whole entire interaction and thereby that person. You're also taking a chance because yeah. typically guys have to pursue the women. That's what I mean by investment. Like yes. you in order to, I mean taking a chance is the investment, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing is like it's usually our responsibility and we have to go up and talk to you and risk complete fucking embarrassment and failure. Mm-hmm. And if if we go to pursue the wrong girl, and she doesn't like it, then we're a piece of shit and, like, we can go to jail. Oh, my God. If we win, you know what I mean? Like I do. I just – it's always been hard for me because you know me. You've known me for a long time. And now, like, I'll pursue a man if I want to. Well, that's cool. Most women won't do that. Men don't pursue me. They're scared of me. You're intimidating. You're strong and powerful. I am scary. I would not fight you. Well, you're a smart man. <laughs> it would actually be fun to fight you, though. I'd fight you. Let's wrestle later. We should. 
Except that I've broken gloves. both of my legs. Yeah, you have bo- boxing gloves? No, I'm saying I will get boxing gloves. I will sock you up in the legs you, and totally no, no, no. render you useless. Don't you know that I've been boxing for years? I like took classes. I did not. I mean, that. both my legs are fucked up, so I can't balance on them. <laughs> so I just got to take out your legs. It's all That's good. That's why I was saying wrestling because I could still use my thighs. <laughs> Any who's what's it? Yeah, it's, oh, it's I, this, like, I get that for sure. And that's the element that's gone now because of the internet. Yes. And at the same time, like, and and what I think we're both talking about is, like, high school, right? Because that's that's when these things really happened in a really clear way, right? That is, in my mind, and I, we haven't been in high school for 20 years, but that I is know. in my mind, that's when you it's you, highlighted, yeah. you, you see somebody down the hall and you're like, oh man, I really like her. And you go and talk to her and you try to figure all that stuff out. And then it becomes harder and harder the older you get. You can't just, unless you're fucking insanely confident, you can't just walk up to anybody at a movie theater or at a grocery store or whatever and like try to hit on them because you're more than likely going to get shut down. Because it's not acceptable anymore. Yeah. I mean, you get to a point, like, where I'm at now is, like, if I really want to, like, talk to somebody, here's the shitty thing, which does not serve me well. And I'm just going to be honest to you and whoever's listening. How I've dealt with that is, frankly, this is actually kind of hard to say. But I'll approach somebody in sort of a sardonic way that is almost already making fun of them and see how they respond. Mm -hmm. And if I like it, then I'll shift into that reaction. Mm -hmm. If they don't, then I'm already mocking them. Yeah. And that is, that is the cowardly way to be a woman. And I thought about this so many times, like, should I, not should I. I don't think about should I, would I, could I. I just, I've been to mirror. This is like how I'm operating now. And part of it is out of contempt for men. I don't do it to young kids. Did I tell you what happened yesterday? Mm-mm. Okay, so there's this really young dude who works at the market down the street from where I live. Mm-hmm. I live in a really small town. Really young, like what, like 24? If that. And um, my friend who stayed the night last night, she and I went down there <laughs> and grabbed, I grabbed a bottle of wine and she grabbed some shit like this. And, <laughs> and we got, we left and she was like, who is that like really tall dude? He was like hovering and giving you like smoky eyes. And I was like, oh, that's that kid that like, has like a thing for me and I think has the same thing for my sister but we were joking and then you know time went on and then we're sitting out on my porch with our legs up just having a little conversation and I just out of nowhere just thinking just being like how many years old do you have to be before it's really bad to fuck somebody who you don't even know if they're old enough to drink yet (laughs) And my fucking neighbor, who is the best friend of my landlord, and I'm pretty sure my landlord, like, that's where my landlord stays when he comes to town. Pretty sure they were both outside hanging out. 
And I hear them saying, did you just hear that conversation? <laughs> and so we're like all just fucking cracking up. And I'm like, here's the thing. I would like to say that I wasn't serious about fucking that kid, but. But I was serious. I mean, I don't think. Well, later my sister told me that he's at least 25. And I was like. Yes. But I thought the rule was like seven years in either direction. I have dated it's people half. 15 years older than me. Isn't it you cut your age in half and add seven and then it's okay? Oh, is that what it is? Oh, that's okay, what I've heard. so wait. What's half of 35? 18. It's 15. 25. 25 is your age. No, 15 cut in half is not 35. Like 35. 35 cut in half is 18. 17 or 18. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then plus seven, he's still too young. No. Anyway, no, I was like, well, he's got these smoky eyes and he always looks at me with them. That- I don't think I would ever do it. But I was saying it in jest. And then my neighbors who, you know, like they're both the age of people who I normally would date. Like at this point, shit, doggy. Like for me to date somebody, it's really young for them to be in the 40s. I mean, I got to figure this shit out. I start no. dating people in their fifties, sixties no. before this shit keeps going on. <laughs> I mean, that, which would be fine. Like that—that's the—that's the beauty of being a person and being a human, and like taking advantage of those things that you see and feel. Like I can't imagine a world where you go and talk to somebody and you get <laughs> me tooed. We're fucking having a conversation. Me? No, you know what? Me too. Like, yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm asking if you think that like I'm exempt from the no, me too. No, I'm saying if you went to that dude in the grocery store and, and you, was like, hey, buddy. you like flirtingly touched his neck or whatever, like that dude I would mean, be like, flirt. oh, shit. But it's like all I flirt. But yeah, no, there's no, no me too. He's still the dude. So whatever happens to him, it's just going to reflect on me, which is why my neighbors thought it was so funny. Like, oh, my God, that girl. Sorry. See, it's like the Mrs. Robinson sort of no, thing. No, that's, that's the problem is like there are creepy, shitty dudes who try to rape people. That is a legit thing. And it gets mixed in with people who are just – flirting and trying to make something happen and there's there's a there's a tendency to lump everything together well it's fear you know because the way that all of that stuff starts okay not all of it there are people who flirt with their victims and then carry them off and then there are people who just abduct them from nowhere but how do you how do you warn somebody against just being abducted from nowhere? It's easier to warn people against flirting with people who aren't your own age or Well, the the only people that get in trouble are the ones who hit on people that it isn't um requited. What was the word I'm looking for? Requited? Where where it reciprocated. Yeah. If if I go requited, to- yeah. If I go to the store and there's like some insanely hot girl and I hit on her and she doesn't feel the same about me, she might get grossed out and then, you know, make a big deal about it. But if it's somebody that there's an equal 
thing happening, then it doesn't matter. Well, here's the thing, Cody. A killer could have a reaction to any one of those things. A killer could want to kill you because you rejected them. This is good. Or because you interacted with them. Or because you wore a certain dress. Or because they tracked you forever. And the thing is, you just don't know what a serial killer is going to be. This is the thing. I used thing, to be so afraid of them. This is the thing that we talked about recently, you know, six months ago or whatever, when I was trying to date that girl on oh. Bumble. And yeah. we talked about that, like... That is not something that a uh, that a male ever thinks about, like the, the potential of getting hurt or stalked or killed or whatever. And you're saying that that's something that women constantly consider. I mean, that this not dude all might women fucking try do, to kill me. But women should like it's a it's a danger for all women. And like I, yeah, when I moved to Portland and you were there, I lived with you and. What was it like Gresham? Ballinger. Gresham, you and Bellinger and Gresham, and um, I took that really long train ride. It was like an hour and a half from like what was this like two hundred and forty second all the way into Pioneer Square. Yeah, yeah, and then I didn't take the same way. Like I took different, like I took different stops of Max, mm-hmm. and I had some pretty fucking shitty experiences with people, like that were really fucked up, and that scared me. But I also had some really beautiful ones. But I guess what I'm saying is, um, if women aren't paying it, if women don't think that they're vulnerable it's probably because they haven't been exposed but the second they're exposed could because your car breaks down or whatever then you're vulnerable and yeah men aren't except that men are here's the thing a lot of men who are vulnerable because they don't have means like people who walk the highways i mean i know two men who've been raped hitchhiking seriously yeah yeah it doesn't Women aren't the only people who are victims. It's just that, like... Like a dude forced them down and fucked them. And another one who got just, like, psychologically ended up, like, sucking somebody's dick because they were just like, oh, my God, you give me a ride. It is... I don't know if you've... Oh, yeah. No. That is not at all uncommon. Whoa. I've never thought about that. I mean, there's even, there are even like stories written about it that go back as far as like the 40s. Like, there were a lot of male, like, a lot of men picked up young boys on the side of the road Mm -hmm. and made them do shit like that because they wouldn't get in trouble for it because the boys would never tell anyone. Well, yeah, that's why, that's why people pick up hitchhikers and kill them right because they're typically people that like come from broken families or you know like well that's why they're vulnerable yeah and so they can either be sexually taken advantage of or murdered but like yeah so it's just about vulnerability yeah but do not think that boys and even young men or even older men i mean older men probably would scrap you and they probably wouldn't get in i don't know what I'm saying is that I don't want to say that only young women 
end up in situations like that because in in a almost more tragic sense young boys do because when that happens to them society hasn't figured out how to heal them and I think it's it's a different kind of betrayal for those kids, you know? For boys versus girls? Yeah, I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying that it's a different kind of betrayal. Like, there's a level of shame that becomes a violent poison that... Because I'm not it's saying, gay? I'm not saying women... Okay. Yeah, but not even that. It's like... If somebody sodomized me, it would feel so different than even being raped vaginally. Like, if somebody sodomized me, I would be so debased and sick to my stomach and just, like, feel like an animal. And these boys that have that happen to them... They're not even worried about it until it happens. But then, you know, this happens. Like, it becomes more and more recognized in the 80s. And then sometimes people just let it happen because they need a ride. Well, the disappointing thing about that, too, is, like, once that happens, and, like, I can't imagine, like, all the the guilt and the shame and the fucking – all the emotions that go with that. And then you repress it forever. And then, like, maybe eventually you – like want it to happen. You know what I mean? Like it it becomes, you know, like Stockholm syndrome. Like you almost I don't think so. No? I really don't. I really don't. It's such no. No, 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 no. I, I mean like Nope, sorry. Okay, but just a second, just a second. Okay. Like think of all the child predators who preyed upon little boys and little girls. They were historically in the exact same position. Like, sometimes that just happens. Like, you don't want it to, but, like, you got so fucked up from some horrific event. Like, you seek that out. Almost like you need validation or something. No, it's a sickness. You have to replay it. But I – but – okay, are you saying that if that happens to you, you're more likely to do it to other people? I'm saying, like, people who rape kids – and are into child porn typically had something, some sort of abuse yeah. when they were a kid. Almost all people, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, right. it's a thing that happens. Okay, I th- I misunderstood what you were asking. I thought you were saying like eventually does a victim end up liking it, and I was like, no, no, no. You but just you that that. No, I understand. That fucks you. There are there. There is a group of men who have banded together who have admitted that they were abused sexually in their youth and now they have an addiction to like child porn that is basically similar to what what, what happened to them and it's a control issue and for it's not uncommon for us to get off on control issues like 
think about like you and I are cis people, right? I mean, I'm not exactly cis. I love me a good fuck with a lady, but for the most part, I am, you know, cis. And we can talk about like getting kinky, like tying, like being tied up or like whatever. And it doesn't have to be like this big deal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like these, these people who have these traumas are doing the same thing. Like when, when cis people do these things, there's something inside of them that says like, I don't want to be in control or I want to be in control or whatever. And then, and it gets them off. And then these kids or adults who are getting off to this porn of little kids being fucked, then they feel the control. They're not the people who are the victims anymore. And that's what gets them off. I mean, it's psychologically proven. You can look it up. But they feel shame about it. And there has been a pretty big movement of them banding together. And they fight against child pornography and they try to understand their sickness and you should look it up. It's pretty fucking cool. It's fucked up because everybody has something that they like. Blonde girls, titties, fucking sodomy, like whatever. Like, I'm just saying, like, everybody okay. has some sort of thing that they enjoy. Interesting. Okay? Okay. The people who enjoy child porn, that is a fucking unbelievably horrendous, awful thing. But, like, that's a mental disorder. And some emotional of emotional disorder. It's an emotional disorder. And the people who enjoy Mental that stuff, emotion. who get caught with fucking terabytes on their computer of the fucking worst shit. I don't even want to fucking think about it. Like the people who get caught with that stuff, I think they probably know that it's socially reprehensible, but they cannot do anything about it. And right. that, that's like, I mean, that's that's a mental. I, f- I feel issue. like we're saying the same thing. I hate when like I feel like I said exactly what someone else has said, and I haven't, and then I'm like, I clearly did not communicate well. No, we're, no, we're I saying agree the same with thing. you. I think I'm yeah. just saying like sex is a crazy thing that. Sex is such a complicated thing. It's a very complicated thing. Sometimes I like to make it really blasé and like, it's just sex. But so rarely it really is. And like sometimes like I will be blasé about it and just tack it down on a table and move on. And it it won't become a thing. But I know that at some point it's there and it might have a ghost attached to it. I don't know. It's any type of social issue, social addiction. Like people have issues with food. Every single person in the world has some sort of issue with food, whether they eat too much or they- A relationship with it, yeah. Yeah, or they they are anorexic or they're bulimic or they fucking try really hard to work out and only eat protein shakes. Like you cannot have a regular relationship with food. You've always got some sort of weird thing. Some people can't eat gluten, 
they're celiac. Uh, like there's so many disorders and I don't know, I don't know what normal is. There is no normal. Or like, the fucking idea of normal is a disaster joke. Like I wish that word would just, I mean, the only time that normal should exist is in a scientific experiment when they talk about the norm, when they're looking at, you know, highs and lows and then the, I'm sorry. But you're right. What, what normal is normal? Is, what is normal? How is that no, even a thing? No, normal. Like even people who think they know what normal is, the person next to them don't have the same experience of normal, which ver- like verifies the fact that normal doesn't exist. I mean, honestly, you and I wouldn't even agree on what's normal. We don't. That's why we debate all the time because I don't buy into a lot of the stuff that you think is for – that you take for granted. I disagree with it. Like what? Like a bunch of stuff. That's why we debate all the time. But the the beautiful thing about you and I is that I think we're both open-minded enough Agreed. to hear out the other side. Like, there's nothing you can say that I'm going to be like, fuck Amanda. I'm not no, talking to her again. I know. I think that what I'm saying is that things that you and I individually, like, think are normal mm-hmm. and we end up saying to each other and then the other person reacts to it, mm-hmm. which could be kind of surprising. Yeah. And we talk about it, and either we find out that we're feeling and seeing the same thing or slightly different. I find frequently that what I thought about as normal isn't exactly the way that I saw it because you have a different perspective and point of view, which I can see. And, you know, it would be the same with anyone else who was able to express their perspective. Who I th- who any anytime somebody's being honest, maybe that's the issue. Maybe people aren't honest anymore. Oh my God, Cody! People have never been honest. It's not about anymore. There has never been like a time and place where the vast majority of people are honest. Come maybe, on, maybe you don't think that's true, do you? Maybe on their deathbed, when they know it doesn't matter anymore, they're regretful, not honest. That's what I don't. Oh, me either. I don't want to regret anything. Let's not regret anything. That's why I just want to fucking do it all. I don't care. Do it all. (laughs) Trust me, that is hollow. That is exactly, that has been my, um, Mantra? Not a mantra, like, what do you call it when, like, it's what keeps you putting one foot in front of the other progress like like even when no but like as a person like it's been my driving force like Mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's what's kept me from getting too fucked up about shitty relationships or disappointing relationships i had relationships that weren't necessarily shitty but were really disappointing i've had people in my life who have disappointed me or complicated my life who I've walked away from. And some of them have come back in my life now. But, like, the idea is that I want to keep growing, and I've done that. And it's been painful, and it hasn't been 
romantic. But, you know, it comes from that root thing of, like, I don't want to be on my deathbed and be like, I wish I had done this. I mean, the big thing is, I mean, to be honest with you, this is brutal, brutally honest. Sometimes I think that I'd be on my deathbed and wish that I had had a partner in life. And I just, it's really hard for me to believe that I would be able to, (laughs) that I will be able to do that because I just feel like I am where I am with myself and I don't know how to fit somebody else into that. I don't think that's a negative thing. I don't think you have to feel bad about that. I think uh, there's a lot of external forces making you think that you need to have something. I just think that I might one day wish that I had shared my life with somebody. You've shared your life with hundreds of people. And I'm one of them, you know? Exactly. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, people... We all have these thoughts that, like, we've rationalized away throughout the day. And then at night, we're like, oh. I'm just saying on my deathbed, that is the one thing that I worry that I would feel. Mm-hmm. And I have said for sure that, like, I have had many lovers and will continue to have many lovers. It probably will be better for me in the long run. But there's a part of me that wishes I could evolve to the point where, you know, I would have a partner, even a partner who would let me have lovers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just was, I started to realize at 35 that I've spent so much of my life alone. And I started wondering what it would, what would it be like now that I know myself and that I'm on medication for being bipolar and my anxiety and just like having a little bit more understanding of myself and forgiveness, what it would be like to like share my life with somebody when I could trust myself to actually do it. But at this point, like I have such a hard time thinking about how I would even go about that. It gets harder you know the I mean? older you get, I yeah. think. You're, you're, Your baggage. Well, and... you you understand what you don't like and you see warning signs and you're like, I got to get the fuck out. They're yeah. doing that thing that well, I know what, is not good. That's what happened with me. Like, oh my God. I don't know how much I told you about that, but. We can talk about it. We we uh, we got to shut it down. Let's shut it So let's down. do one more pinky. I don't remember what we did it for, but it was awesome. I don't remember. I think it was about <laughs> not being assholes. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. That's a great mantra. Don't-